Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, Mindful Talk listeners. Misty and I are here today, happy to be back with you. And today we're talking about this idea of knowing when your personal map needs to change. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. Oh, I love this topic. Um, I love... It's kind of funny. The The longer we've done the podcast and the more I've grown, the more of like, I kind of get excited about change in, in a way, because it's like, even the pandemic, as hard as all that was, I know everyone will agree with me out there. There was lots of change that was like, so needed. And now it's just the way it is. So I love the idea of like being like, oh, I thought my map was going to be this way but I need to look at it a different way. Yeah, I know what you mean about this idea of change. And I think that comes from growth, you know, and continuing to work on our response to change. And that's a good feeling, you know, it's a really good feeling. Um, So this idea of our map, you know, I'm going to be, how old am I? I'm going to be 46 in April this year. And I'm starting to realize like the things I've been doing for the last five years, we'll talk physically for a second, because we can put this in lots of buckets, but the things I've been doing for, for the past five years, I'm not sure that they're serving my body anymore as they used to. And my body's kind of asking for different things now. Um, I used to do this really, really hard cardio and weights workout. And part of me is like, if I'm really honest, it's something that I think I should do, but I'm not sure that my body is that happy with it anymore. I think my body's happier putting on my ankle weights and going for a three mile walk outside and doing things like Pilates that keep my heart rate a little lower, but still elevate it and support my joints. I mean, and it took me a while to realize like just in that little example that my physical map as far as how I'm taking my, how I'm taking care of myself doesn't look like it did 10 years ago when I was 35, you know? Um, and you and I have talked about this a lot, like even our yoga practice has changed and it doesn't mean that the yoga we do now is better. It's just what serves us now in this year and this decade that we're in, you know? Oh my gosh. It, the physical, it's funny. You talked about the physical part first, because I feel like I've been um, in the last year to, well, when I hurt my hip at the, in the pandemic and I was forced to like, just walk, right. That was like a huge, like squash to my ego. It was really hard. It took me a long time. Fast forward. Cause that's three years. I've had hip surgery and all of that also to fix what was damaged from my years of not taking care of my body. Now my map is functional strength. I try to, and 
always, what am I going to do right now? If I'm going to cross country ski, if I'm going to the gym, right? Because I had this feeling just like you, like I should, I'm supposed to go to the gym, right? Like it's like in your brain, but then you get to the gym and you're like, well, what do I do? And so I really took a step back and I was like, you know, I've done enough physical therapy, yoga, and just general working out to kind of take a step back and say like, what feeds my body the best? And that's what I've been doing. So it's a lot of very functional hip strength, you know, rubber band work. There's no like barbells. There's nothing like that. And walking and, or cross-country skiing, both are low impact. They get, they, they fill me with a sense of completion. I don't even know how to describe that. Like I recently, oh my gosh. And this is my plug for everybody. I recently got it under the walking under a treadmill that goes underneath your desk. I got it for Christmas. Total game changer, especially if you live in places where weather is a thing and like getting outside isn't always an option. And um, there are days here, it's like negative six. And I'm like, I just can't, (laughs) I just can't. And that hurts me mentally during the day. And it makes me feel like um, not as energized. And so having this here is like this little back pocket thing that I can be like, oh, I can jump on that. And it gives me a boost in my mood. It physically helps me. It's just walking. And I feel like I have this sense of accomplishment. And if you would have told 35-year-old Misty, to your point, that that's what she was going to be enjoy doing, I'd be like, oh, you're so sweet, little old lady. Um, but the truth is, is that I went to the doctor recently and they told me physically, whatever you're doing, whatever you're eating, whatever supplements you take, whatever it is you do, keep doing it. And so that stays in the back of my mind. So if that means I'm a little old lady, but I don't think it does. And I think that's where we need to kind of change that stubborn map in our mind to say like, this is five years ago. Like it's different five years and I need to do something different physically. So I totally connect with that because I've been doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this idea of the map, it's like, so we can take it physically and part of it is exactly what you described, like just being really honest with what our body needs and moving in that direction and doing our best to just change direction without a bunch of baggage. You know what I mean? Without a big story attached, easier said than done. Um, for sure. You know, Yeah, cause look at my baggage, what I just told you, like totally. when I had to stop running, it was like, people would talk to me and be like, well, I'm a runner, but I'm hurt. Yeah. I don't even enjoy running if you want to like put it out there. And so, but it was, it took me so long to get over that hump and that baggage. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I think what you said too, about the sense of completion, when you move your body a certain way is huge. Like it's not only physically satisfying, but there's some kind of emotional, um, boost happening, which is honestly maybe more important than the physical, you know? No, I agree. Especially like in the winter and stuff. Yeah. Like just having that little extra, I've had a several friends that have gotten those treadmills now and they just love them. So if you are in a spot like that, man, I would highly encourage it because it, 
it does. It gives you that little peace of mind. Like I can do this. I can do yeah. it, you know, while I'm on a zoom meeting or whatever. So, yeah, totally. And I think referring back to our episode from last week on uh, winter blues, that's, that's a yes. great, great tip. Um, you know, and I think the map can change in terms of our relationships too. You know, we're not, we're not there yet, but our son has two years left of high school, which we know is going to go by like super fast. And then Ugh. off he goes. And then our daughter still has, you know, five years home, but we have a lot of still friends. Five who, years is not that long. I know it's not that long. <laughs> um, we have a lot of friends whose kids are starting to graduate. And like the last kid is graduating and moving out, going to college, you know, going abroad, whatever. And I've heard this message a lot lately that they have to, and I'm adding this word map in, but it's like, they have to reconfigure that map of their relationship because so much of that relationship has been about the family unit. And of course the family unit is still there, but it just looks different. And these couples now have so much time together, more than they ever thought they needed or wanted, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's figuring out how to navigate that brand new phase of life where they're still really young children are out of the house, you know, unless they come home for holidays and summers, but it's different. And so it's figuring out that new map of the relationship, as far as what you guys like to do together, what the expectation is of time together. Um, It's a whole, it's a whole new way of looking at that next phase of life. Yeah. In regards to relationships, I feel like my relationship with like my nine-year-old is we're really turning a corner. I mean, occasionally she still acts like a crazy nine-year-old and is kind of immature, but there are peaks in there where I'm explaining things more like I would to a friend or, you know, and she receives them more. I don't know. It lands better with her now than it would have when she was seven. And I feel that relationship changing. Um, we're also getting to the preteen stuff where, you know, it's very wishy-washy. It's like, she hugs me and won't let me go. And then she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. Um, I feel like my map right now is a little bit of just letting go and being present for when they want me there. Do you know what I mean? Like when they need me. Um, which is really hard because I just want to have my two-year-olds back that I can just squish and love and kiss all over. And now it's like, mom, don't, and you know, you messed up my hair. Um, so that relationship is definitely changing too. And then I, I think about like, you know, your son, like how much your relationship and that map will change once he's gone, because he's not there on the day-to-day and he's doing his own life and his own thing. And so it's like, you have to figure out how to support this new human that's Mm -hmm. all independent. Like that is a big, and so you're doing that and you're learning this new relationship with your significant other or your partner, which is kind of a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in these contemplative practices like mindfulness and and other philosophies like this, it's said that most of the pain that we're in is our inability to let go when things are starting to change. Like our human ability to grasp and hold on and want things to stay the same forever is real and it is strong, but there's so much pain in that because not only does every second change, like our 
cellular structure of our bodies are changing. I mean, the world is changing, things are evolving. And, and I see this with, you know, we see it a lot and maybe the generation above us who, not all of them, of course, I never want to generalize, but a lot of them are like, things were so much better back then, or why are things changing? And they're in pain with, with yeah. not being able to just kind of move forward with the natural evolution of the world. Um, and so it's something to really consider, like, where am I holding tight to this plan that is no longer the plan, you know? Well, and that, oof, if you could have met 21-year-old Misty, she had plans and she had goals and she was good, you know, and there was like no diversions. And then life was like, oh, let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you, which is all of the learning of your twenties. But if you're listening and you're younger, you have the beauty of kind of holding space for change and knowing that this is wonderful. I'm going to ride this wave. This job is great. This boyfriend's great. Whatever's happening is great. But when it everything comes to a natural end and I must let go and move forward. I felt that pull. I lived in Orlando and I was like 29 and, you know, just going out all the time and having fun and living life. I had a great job, great friends. And I don't know, all of a sudden I just had this inner pull that I needed to like move and I needed to start anew so that my, my future would go in a different direction. And no joke. I started feeling it probably six months later. I applied for a position within my company where I wanted to go back in Texas and I got the position and I moved. And shortly after I met my husband, wow. bananas. so, and that I can't, I remember waking up one day and telling my friends, like I'm moving, I'm doing this. I, I need to reroute. I think I've done Orlando. I've done all that I can do here. And everybody was like, no, you know, you don't, are you sure that's such a weird feeling? And I'm like, no, I, and so many things good came from that mm -hmm. strong feeling. So it's in there. <laughs> Everybody's got that feeling. And like she said before, do you want to hold on really, really tight? Or do you want to say, okay, this has been beautiful. Next, let's, what's the map look like for the next five years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that's especially good to remember when you're, say you're in your twenties, but I guess this could also apply if you're 45 or 55 or 65 or older. Um, but I guess the big overarching map is the one that either was set in place by your parents or maybe even your grandparents. I mean, that's a strong yeah. map for some people, that familial lineage map. and it comes down to this question of like, just because this was the map that my, we'll use grandfather or father put in place, doesn't mean this has to be mine, even if there's this expectation. Um, and that's a hard question for some people to have to answer. Like, is this their map or is this mine? And if it's not yours, I mean, it's your life, you know, and there's that, um, that, really famous blog that came out a long time ago, a nurse wrote at the top five regrets of the dying, I think it's called. And one of the top five regrets was living a life true to somebody else and not true to me. And, you know, ultimately on our deathbed, we're not going to wish that we followed somebody else's map. It's not worth it. And yeah, it's painful to sometimes have to let go of that and disappoint people. But, um, you know, if they love and respect you, they will get over it. <laughs> 
right? Yeah, that's, and if not, hey, that's I mean, me. oh, well. Well, and that's me and Barrett with moving to Colorado. My heritage deep in my bones. I am a Texas girl. I was born and raised in the middle of nowhere. I love beautiful flat sunsets. I love the people there. Um, but it's it wasn't for me. And I felt that from a very long time. And so to let go of that like heritage, like my family's from Texas. And yes, my family is from Texas, but I'm choosing to do something different. And it is really hard. It still is really hard. It's difficult to live away from those that you love. And it's much easier to go back and fall into the patterns that I grew up in, which is not necessarily what I want for my family. And so that map has for Barrett and I remained really focused on just like, we ne we didn't necessarily know it was Colorado at the time, but we just knew it was something different. Yeah. And um, this is our something different. And now that people see that, the beauty and why we're here and, and, and us being happy, they're a lot more supportive and yes. they're like much more on board with it. Um, I, I will say, cause people ask me all the time, like in regards to thinking about mapping, I think about like, where do I want to live? Because yeah. I personally believe most people live in a place they just ended up and they don't necessarily want to live there. And so mm -hmm. I will say this as my last thing is if I can empower you to know that there are jobs, there are houses, there are friends, wherever it is that you think that you want to move. And if moving away from your family or leaving a job or taking your kids out of a different school is way too scary for you, but you feel that desire, sit with that desire and let it let it grow. That's what it did for me. Like I said, I had no idea I wanted to end up here, but I knew that my map was pointing me somewhere else. And eventually this is what shaped. And so I feel like for you, if that's something you're feeling and living where you want to live is really wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, I've lived in some great places and there's other places I would live too, but I really love where I live. And I love that I picked it. You know, it didn't, yes. I didn't land up here because of some job or some accident or because my family was here and this is where, you know, we stayed. I did it because I wanted to do it. And it's a really good feeling. So if you're yeah. feeling that calling, highly, I'm here to support you. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit of homework is it's a great time to do this in the new year. I'm a big fan of doing this kind of stuff at the beginning of spring, since technically we're in hibernation mode in the winter and it can feel counterintuitive when nature is hibernating and we're like lighting up goals and intentions. So yeah. if that's you and you're feeling that discomfort, do this in March, do it when the days start to lengthen out a little more. But I think homework, whenever you want to do it is to think about maybe a health map, what needs to change or a relation map, relationship map, or um, just your overarching life. Like, are you following a path that actually was made by somebody else? And maybe that's okay for you. And I fully support that. Um, and, but if not, what can start to change? What can you get honest with and look at for yourself and make it your own map? I love it. That's beautiful homework. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I think we have three more episodes. Is that correct? Yeah. Three more episodes left. So, um, 
I think we've got them nailed down and hopefully we will talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.